I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. On today's episode, we have Maddie Fernaris. She's a registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutrition from New Orleans, Louisiana. She is passionate about helping women lose weight and keep it off through flexible plant-based eating. She helps women make realistic lifestyle changes that both nourish their bodies and support their health of the planet, which she believes is the ultimate form of sustainable nutrition. You can find her on Instagram at the period plant-based period nutritionist. Welcome to the show, Maddie. I'm super excited to interview you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to interview new RDs who are starting their own online practice. So I know you're going to inspire a lot of people who are looking to get into it after an internship or completing their coordinated program with their master's degree. Yeah. It's so exciting. And let's just start off talking about your journey. Can you talk about where you started out and compare where you started out to where you are now? Did you even have an Instagram? (laughs) No, I did not. So I actually started from zero when I started out. I started a brand new account. I just finished my internship in June, I believe, and now it's December. So I started Libby's program about a week after I became a dietitian. So that's kind of where I started. I was in my last semester of grad school when I started, and I just knew that I wanted to start something online. And so I signed up for her program, and that's kind of where I came from. Very cool. And would you say, like, when you were doing your rotation, Did you land on who you wanted to work with? Like what we refer to dream clients? Like, can you share any insights into how you were trying to figure out where you were most aligned? Yeah. So during my internship, it was primarily clinically focused. So I mostly worked in the hospital. I think that, you know, I've always known that I didn't want to work in the hospital long-term as far as like my dream client, I guess I didn't really think too far into that. I knew that I did want to work with plant-based. That's something that I've been interested in for years now. So I knew I wanted to do that. But as far as, you know, exactly who, I had no clue where, like what I was doing. Yeah. And you're not alone. That's a common thing that most people are not even aware of. And then once you are able to get more clear, you're like, oh, I get to choose who I get to work with. I don't have 10, 15 minute consults with people from all walks of life. So it's true. Typically in school and internships, you you aren't getting an opportunity to connect. But I love that you did find something that you were passionate about as it relates to nutrition and that's plant-based. So that's great that you had like at least a light bulb going off in your head being like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. 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 I mean, I did have some idea, but definitely like 
beyond plant-based, I, you know, I just didn't know. Yeah. And that's totally cool. But now you have like gone through the program and you've been able to get more clear. So let's talk about the types of clients you work with now. What's your current niche? Yeah. So my current niche is weight loss. Um, I primarily work with women and a lot of the times, you know, these women are somewhat familiar with plant-based already. Some are just looking to learn more about it, but they want to lose weight. Some are currently eating plant-based and they just don't know how to do so and lose weight. So that's kind of who I primarily work with now. Yeah, that's really specific. I like that you have isolated that they're already kind of doing it on their own and they're interested. That's like a very specific person because the more specific you are, the easier it is to tailor your messaging. So thanks for sharing that. And I know you said you only knew you wanted to do plant-based. So can you share, is this where you started out and, and, or if your niche has evolved at all? Yeah. So it's definitely evolved over time. I actually did start out in plant-based weight loss. So I started that for a little bit. I switched over to intuitive eating for a little bit, and then I switched back to weight loss. So it's definitely evolved over time, but I am actually kind of back where I first started. Yeah. And it's like that. It's an evolution. The great thing about having your own private practice is you get a choice and you can always start over, start fresh. That's the one beautiful thing, especially on a platform like Instagram that prioritizes fresh content. So if you decide to change your mind, the great thing about Instagram, just start posting what you're now interested in. And it's like, whatever happened, it's like a past and old news cycle. So it's it's great to be able to do that. So for those of you out there that are afraid to start and think it needs to be one thing, if you change your mind or the research lands somewhere else, you can always change it. As Maddie just already mentioned, she changed it a few times. And would you say, was it like super stressful each time you did it? I think I was kind of like hesitant because, you know, going from weight loss and then intuitive eating and then back to weight loss, it's definitely confusing for the people that are on your page. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm helping one client that is going to benefit from that. So, you know, just kind of thinking about, you know, who you're working with, who you want to work with. Totally, totally. I, I think that's such a good way of approaching it and thinking about it. And can you share, what do you like working about this niche, especially since you switched back and forth? I would love to know how you landed on really passionately pursuing this niche in particular. Yeah. So I really just like to help women lose weight in a more like a healthy and sustainable way. A lot of the people that, you know, I've talked to have been chronic dieters their whole life. And as a result, they've really struggled with their weight. I think there's so much misinformation, as you know, a lot of us know as dietitians out there around weight loss. And so combining that with what I've seen, just like the growing interest in plant-based nutrition, being able to like be a resource to help women who are interested in that or want to learn more about that, that are also struggling with their weight lose weight in a way that, you know, supports their long-term health, but also isn't like this strict fad diet. So just being able to do that. Yeah. You make such a great point. Like as a 
dietitian, you have the power to sort through all of that. And your consumer is obviously inundated with all this really bad information. And you've just went through six plus years of schooling. You have a master's degree. You like really care about nutrition. And I think it's great that dietitians are taking over the online space and really putting themselves out there as the go-to person for good information as it relates to whatever niche you have. So kudos to you for putting yourself online and really being a helpful source for these women who want to reach their goals. And they're now not going to have to deal with these like restrictive and crazy, ridiculous fat diets that are circulating on the explore page. Yeah, it can definitely seem, you know, that I'm just like, one person in like this huge world but yeah you know at least it's one more person yeah it, it matters because you know not even like five years ago to see a dietitian on instagram you'd be hard pressed to find someone but now that there's a stronger presence by you joining and everyone that joins that just strong numbers game you know like it's, it's really true you gain strength in numbers it, it's so important that the community of dietitians that are online collaborate and really like push out their their own respective messages because it is something that will change the way that consumers feel and interact with their health and their bodies. You know, having those great and inf informative messages is so powerful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and has this always been your dream? And can you share maybe three or four words that come to mind when you think about what running a business affords you? Yeah. So I always kind of knew deep down that I wanted to have my own practice. I never really thought that I could do it. So, I mean, when I started getting towards the end of my internship, I knew I either had to find a job or I had to make a job. So that's kind of when I started, you know, gathering more information. I started actually listening to this podcast and just looking into what other dietitians were doing out there. And ultimately, I ended up joining Libby's program. So that's kind of like where my dream kind of went. Yeah, I guess like words that come to my mind are freedom, flexibility, and resourcefulness, just Ooh. being able to be a resource for other people. Yeah. Oh, these are such powerful words. And I do think a lot of what people dream about is that freedom, like you talked about. And I do think that many people would love the flexibility to be able to have the things and their schedule that they like to do and not be bound by someone's clock in and clock out time. So what wonderful words. So thank you so much for sharing those. And a big part of being able to start your own business and gain that freedom and flexibility does require that you build no like and trust. And that can be scary, especially for a lot of people coming out of an internship. Obviously, you're not on Instagram as you're doing your clinical rotations. You know, it's complete opposite of what people are used to. So it does uh, take a while to get there. But I often tell people, but you do get there at some point. Yeah. So can you share a specific example when you felt like, oh my God, yes, I'm building the no like trust factor with my audience? Sure. So I think definitely when I started showing up on my stories more consistently and 
showing people things other than nutrition. So when I started posting just kind of more about my life or, you know, just things that didn't have to do with nutrition, people I noticed started to become more engaged. I think, you know, they just kind of want to see that you're a human on the other side or like you're a human in your account, not just some like robot uh, selling yeah. a program online. So I think definitely that's kind of when I started notice noticing yeah. building the no like and trust factor. Yeah, you're so correct. Yeah, you have to definitely balance your stories between like the randomness and then also incorporating talking about your program, but it should definitely be a mix, not just like program, program, program. Yeah. So I love that you're mentioning that because that is a piece that people forget. I mean, it is a a network platform where humans are connecting with each other. So it only makes sense that you would want to be a human to connect with other humans. So thank you so much for sharing that. And once you have started getting to that place where you're like, this is a business, I'm building no like and trust. It's very important that you have some goals set up for yourself because you always want to be thinking about these goals and staying on track. So that's a big part of the program, setting some short-term, some long-term. So what were your short and long-term goals when you started the program day one? I started from zero. So my goal in the beginning was just to make an Instagram account and to narrow down my niche, you know, coming just Mm -hmm. right out of an internship, just not even knowing like how to do that, how to narrow that down. So that was really my goal from the beginning. Love it. That's a really good goal. And a lot of people wouldn't even necessarily land on that being a goal. Because of course, people think money first, or they think about all the things they need to do with money. And that stuff is fine and all, but you always have to recognize like, what are some amazing one degree or one step moves? Like going from no followers to even like 50 followers going from like not showing your face to showing your face, going from general umbrella of weight loss to I help women lose weight with plant-based. Those are some really powerful um, moves. And I appreciate that you shared those because oftentimes I think people forget those. So that's helpful. Yeah. And what actions did you take to reach those goals? So like obviously creating an account, that's like, yeah, but then you got to do stuff. You got to like be active and actually communicate this new niche that you've worked hard to narrow down. So what were those action steps that you took to get to that? Yeah. So I started posting. I just kind of started following the dietitian boss method, posting five times a week, showing up on stories daily is what I started doing. And, you know, over time, I've been able to grow my following and definitely narrow down my niche over time. Yeah, because once you start showing up, you start to understand like what's doing well, what isn't maybe doing so well that can be improved. And part of that process is just showing up as consistently as you do. And, And starting out from zero, of course, you have to have those touch points, like people need to see you over and over. So that's one really cool thing is to be able to see your followers grow with you on your journey and be able to see that, that wave that you ride in terms of like gaining authority and being able to communicate 
their problem and how you help them even more clearly. So that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing your your method because I do think a lot of people need to like own the posting and the stories daily. I'm like, whoa, yeah. that's next level. I was like every day, yes, I'm here for it. And it can definitely be hard at first, but you know, after yeah. you just kind of like get in a routine with it and it's not too yeah. hard. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Routine. Yeah. Routine's the magic word. Cause then it's um, the, the word routine makes it like natural, right? It's a routine to wake up, brush your teeth, wash your hair. So yeah, yeah thinking about it that way is actually a great point. And I think if you think about it as work or stress or like a to-do item, it just, it's bound to like not end well. So I like yeah. that verbiage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I know a lot of people we were talking though we were talking about how it was great that you kind of looked at kind of those like one step 1% wins of just getting out there. Obviously money is a big part of it. People want to make money and it's not even just about like setting money goals or having money goals because sometimes they can't people can't even get to that because they have these money blocks or they think it's not even worth going to private practice because of something they've heard before. So they can't even get to the money goal piece or even thinking about starting a business piece because they're so caught up. So to inspire those listeners that might be dealing with stuff, can you share a money story? Like what beliefs you had about money, anything that you can share that maybe inhibit you and how you're able to work through that? Yeah. So I think going into dietetics just throughout my undergrad, grad school, and even in my internship that, you know, you just don't get paid well in this field. And it's something that I hear other people say a lot too, but it's just kind of like put in your, our heads. It was put in my head and I just kind of like took it for what it was. So I think for a while, I just kind of accepted that and just thought that I'd just settle for a job that, you know, paid what it did and just kind of hoped that my salary increased over time. But I definitely see that it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. You make such a good point. Yeah. Because if that's what you hear and see, then, you know, you are the sum of your surroundings. You are the sum of what you hear. That's why actions, environment and words are so powerful. Like if you want to live an abundant life, surround yourself with abundant people, say abundant words, like that's so important. But if you're around people that have like the negative energy and they're talking about what you can't do, then you're going to be the sum of that. So I think that's something that is so important that people assess for themselves. How much of this has been like an expressed thing coming from someone's place of like negativity and not the place of possibility. And if you're in those situations, don't settle for those words and what people say, like move through it, find a community that's really wanting to support you and your goals and get you out of that. Yeah, exactly. And would you say that, anything about your money story held you back? And like, what did you do to really break free from that? Yeah, so I would say that I just kept working on my mindset. You know, once I joined the Dietitian Boss program, I saw how important it was to work on those money objections. So just working on that, realizing that, you know, you can make a salary on your own, you can make more money than they tell you in school. 
So I guess, you know, just kind of working on that and knowing and being surrounded by other dietitians that are doing that, that it is possible to make more money than the average dietitian and you're surrounded by people doing it every day. Love that. Such a, such a powerful point. Yeah. Your environment is everything. It, it can totally make you and shape you. And yeah. let's dive into more of the content piece again. But thank you so much for giving me and the listeners some more insight about money mindset. So once you guys have worked on money mindset, we're going to bring it back to content creation. So when you get that all right, and you have committed to creating your account and showing up and creating content, you're going to have to have a process because now you need to create content that's going to generate that money that you have now overcome all those mindset barriers. So can you walk us through your content creation process? Like how do you develop your messaging and how do you figure out what words to use? Yeah. So my messaging has definitely developed a lot over time. Um, I would say that it still continues to develop to this day, but, you know, just showing up consistently and seeing what works and what does well with my audience and what words I use kind of, I use a lot of like weight loss, lose weight, plant-based, plant-powered, I do try to keep it more weight loss focused Mm -hmm. because that's really what my ideal client is looking for. But as far as kind of like where I get inspiration for making the actual pieces of content, I think just like talking to people, listening to what people are saying on those discovery calls, listening to what they're saying in like direct messages, just hearing what they're struggling with and using that to create content. Yeah, such a good, good point to really talk about what they're looking for. I think oftentimes people confuse what they know and all the knowledge they've acquired in school versus like landing on. But what is it that my ideal client wants? What are they saying? So it's a great reminder. I hope people take some notes about what she just said. And I like your content inspiration. People forget, again, you're you're dropping so many great gems in this episode. People forget like just these conversations you have with your friends, your family members, colleagues, and the DMs, like those are really powerful. Like don't write those off as like, oh, well, it was just a sidebar conversation, but you know, take notes, you know, those little nuggets can end up being valuable content pieces. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then you mentioned like you're learning through this process and, you know, it's going to happen. People need to recognize like you're going to have to settle with like C plus B minus work. It's not always going to be like A's and rainbows and sunshine. So and all that's to say, you know, the content that you create, even if you have all that insight, they may not perform well, but that doesn't mean that you're not winning, you're still learning and you're still growing. So can you share with the listeners, what do you do when a post doesn't do well and like how it makes you feel and how if you like try to like work to overcome it a bit? Yeah. So inevitably, like not all posts will do well. Some will do better than others. But what I do is I just keep posting because, you know, I really try And I've kind of learned this over time, but I really try to post without any expectation of how well it does. And so when I look at it more objectively and recreate what works and leave what doesn't work, that's kind of 
what I do with that. And at the end of the day, like to me, it doesn't really matter how I feel about a post because I'm not making the post for me. So I'm really making it for my ideal client and it matters how they feel about it. So that's kind of, you know, where I go, you know, if post doesn't do well, it doesn't do well. And then you just kind of like move on and make something else. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You're saying it from the perspective of someone who is so skilled. And I I love that perspective because I think people need to recognize that that's the mindset that you will grow into for sure. When you first learn Canva and it takes you forever and your post doesn't do well. I can see how you would be in your feelings in a room, like with the lights off, like contemplating everything, but it does get to a point, like you said, Maddie, where you just start recreating. So it's not like you're doing things like from utter scratch. And then it's so important that you get to that point where you look at things objectively. I mean, man, because subjectivity in this is just, it will hold you back so much. So I I appreciate that you mentioned that. And that's something that everyone should strive to do is get to that point where you can make content for your client. Like you said, not for you, not like, oh, I put my heart and soul in this selfie, got the right light. I woke up at dawn to get this angle. Like, no, (laughs) No. that's too much. And you're going to get emotional. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is a learning process and, you know, you don't just like start out thinking like that (laughs) or if you do, I mean, I mean, that's awesome, but, but yeah, over time, you know, you just have to kind of remove yourself from the equation. For sure. And a big part of that is really just starting imperfectly. And that's what the dietitian boss method teaches. So can you share a time when you were given advice by our coach to just do something imperfectly and how you felt about that, especially coming out of like an internship where perfection is pretty much like, hello, you're in clinical and you're in a master's program. So like yeah. that's that's a mindset like what I can be imperfect. So I'd love for you to share a story. Yeah. So I think. Definitely for me, it was showing my face on stories. So especially videos, I am someone that doesn't like to post pictures of myself, even on my personal feed. I don't really use my personal feeds that much. So it was really scary at first, but, you know, just being told, you know, just show up, just, just show your face. Like, it doesn't matter how perfect it is. It can be like the most confusing video to like to yourself, but you know, it might resonate with somebody and people appreciate that you're showing up imperfectly over not showing up at all. So just kind of learning that, you know, it, you just have to go for it and it gets better over time. Yeah. Such a good point. I I love that piece. And you do have to just like get out of your head that it's confusing. It might sound like, I think everyone's always like their worst, worst critic about it. And you're right. Like sometimes it's stuff that you like think is confusing. People are like, oh my God, that totally makes sense. You're like, huh? But it's magical like that. So I think that's incredible. And can you kind of share like once you have like posted that content while being imperfect in the beginning and you started like allowing yourself to you know, get on calls via Instagram. Can you share how you felt about like pitching your offer on social media for the first time? Because, you know, there's lots of like levels of awkwardness, but you grow through it, you get through it. And it's going to be like showing your face and getting on sales calls, I think are the top two. 
So I would love for you to share how you felt about pitching your offer on social media for the first time. Yeah, so that was definitely weird. Coming right out of an internship, you know, I've never had experience other than my internship working. I mean, I guess I never did work as a dietitian because I didn't have like, you know, I didn't pass the exam yet. So I think, you know, there was a lot of imposter syndrome there. How I overcame that, I just kind of, you know, I remembered that I've been in school for the last six years. I have my master's, you know, so it's like, I know something that can help somebody out there. You you don't need to know everything in your field. So I guess just kind of reminding myself that, you know, like I have some experience. So yeah, that's kind of. Yeah. You're a professional student, professionals in the title. So you know something, (laughs) everyone's looking for the professional and you have all that information and you're totally right. I think a lot of new dietitians don't give themselves enough credit, mostly because you know so much more like than general pop people and knowing more than the general pop general population is major. Like that already puts like a massive price tag on what you can do and provide for people, which is incredible. But for some reason, like the mindset is if I haven't worked and applied this information, then I am not the expert. Like it's so weird versus the reverse. I am more of an expert than almost any person that would hire me. Like it's almost like yeah. that's the reframe that people need to have. But I think a lot of times it's um, newly licensed dietitians comparing themselves to like people who have been in this field for a very long time, more so thinking about who's paying you. And it's like other dietitians aren't paying you. So they don't care how many like years, like people are like, Oh my God, you spent six years. Oh my God. That's like, if you're at a dinner conversation, that's like a big deal. If you're talking to another dietitian, like, Oh, you're only newly licensed. Like, let's just say it's like a bougie dietitian cocktail party. And that'd be like a different conversation. But most people like your clients are like, Oh my God, you spent six years. So then you can tell me everything about plant-based. That's how they think. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it kind of like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, in my head, but when you say it, it's like, okay, well, I do know something about nutrition. I can help people. Um, For sure. so yeah. <laughs> 1000%. And can you share a little bit about like how you shifted your mindset, like what actions did you take to improve? Because I know a lot of people listen to this podcast. You listened to it before joining. I listened to it like ravenously before joining. (laughs) And I feel like mindset comes up so much. And oftentimes people are like, okay, great. This person shifted, but we want to give people more actual tips, advice. So I would love for you to share your mindset shift so people can work through it themselves. Yeah. So mindset has probably been one of the biggest things for my business. And I guess me, I work on mindset every single day. So I listen to Audible a lot. Audible's like my best friend now. So I guess like, you know, being able to, I'm constantly listening to podcasts and audiobooks that, that help me stay positive or, you know, on the days that are good and not so good, they help kind of shift my perspective. But I do think it is important that, you know, I keep it in my routine and I do it on the good days and the bad days because that's kind of how it works. I don't know. It just, it needs to be done every day. And it's gotten me a lot farther than where I started out. 
Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, I think a lot of times people will feel like, oh, that's the kiddie pool like mindset. I'm going to go to the adult pool. Like, I don't need that. People just want to jump in. But it's like, but the kiddie pool prepares you for that. So you kind of have to spend a lot of days and like a lot of months sometimes continuously working on that. Because I think it's oftentimes, you know, not a priority for people. Like people just want to jump into things and not like assess like, here, you're going to get these little floaties in this noodle. You're going to practice over here first, like that being mindset. So I'm glad that you shared that because a lot of times it's the focus on like the bad, the bad, the bad, or the good, the good, the good. And people don't have these routines around both. So I think it's so profound that you mentioned that you have to have these set routines, no matter if you're in a good position or a bad position, because that's really allowing you to be more consistent. And that's really the name of the game at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in terms of sales calls, because like I would love to hear a little bit more about like, how did they first like sound or now what do they, they sound like now that you've been working on like your mindset, listening to audibles and looking, listening to podcasts. Can you like share a little bit now about that and how you feel about them now? Yeah. So the first one's definitely like the roughest just because it's the first one, but I feel so much more confident on sales calls. I think you know, when you take the pressure out of the sale itself and focus, you know, okay, I'm, I'm trying to help somebody. And if you focus on truly helping someone, it makes a big difference in the way that, you know, you're coming across and the way that you're helping someone else. So I would just say I'm a lot more confident now than I was before. Yeah. Confidence is a big one. And it's it's something that you just work towards and you allow yourself some grace and gratitude and just acknowledge like, yeah, the first one, like you said, probably not going to go well, but you just you got to get through that first one or the first five or however many until you get that confidence. And as long as you don't stop like that, confidence is sure to come. And thanks so much for sharing that because I think that's like a running theme oftentimes is like people are like, it was the confidence that that's what was the missing piece. And then once you have that piece, it's like, oh my God, my puzzle's done. This is great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And can you share a specific example of how the dietitian boss method has empowered you now that we're at the end of the episode? I love asking people this question. So if you can give a story or an example, that would be great. Yeah. So the dietitian boss method has really given me the framework to get started with my online business. And it's really like empowered me to make all these mindset shifts and just believe in myself. I think, you know, if I never really invested in this program, I'm not sure when I would have gotten started, if I would have gotten started. So I think I was kind of stuck in the place of information overload, just like, you know, I want to start this business, but let me get all this information from all these different places. And I just, it kind of like is like paralyzing. And it left me very stuck. So I think starting the dietitian boss program, it got me started. And that's, you know, it's given me a lot. 
Yay. Thank you so much for sharing that. Cause a lot of it is about like just getting started and getting out of like the analysis paralysis. Everyone's guilty of it. Research (laughs) overload. It's been a pleasure, Maddie, having you on the episode. And as a reminder to all the listeners, you can find Maddie on Instagram at the period plant-based period nutritionist. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.